His Love Christian Fellowship is excited to share this podcast with you. We hope you enjoy this message. You guys, you guys, whoa. It's not a good way to start. <laughs> you guys get to hear me tonight. Woo! <laughs> Um, it's, um, what I wanted to share on tonight was actually something that, um, the Lord has been speaking to me since October and I didn't realize it. Um, but it's, it's about Solomon and, um, I knew that the Lord had kept on talking to me about it, but then when I went back through my journal to see, you know, what, how long ago it was and it's all the way back in October and just about every month. I would rewrite the same revelation, and then again, and it was like, I, all for the first time, it was like, oh my gosh, the Lord showed me this. And then a n- month later, it was like, oh my gosh, look what I got. <laughs> oh, brother. <laughs> but I think the Lord was just trying to drive it in. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> so the reason that the Lord um, has been speaking to me about Solomon, I feel, is because um, I feel like it's what he wants to do um, in this season. And it's also what he wants to do in the next generation, but I think it's more than just what we think of as physical generations. I think it's almost like a spiritual generation, a season of um, a a time of Solomon. And um, Solomon had flaws, so I don't think God is releasing an anointing for 900 wives. But... um, I, I do want, I, as I've been studying him, I think it's been, um, the Lord has been just showing me stuff of what, who Solomon was and how he walked and what he did walk in and what we can learn from his mistakes. Um, so I'm just going to recap really quick about Solomon and uh, his life. So if you don't know, he was David's son and he was not David's first son. Uh, he was actually on down like the fourth or fifth son. Um, and leading up to be king, um, his mom was Bathsheba, which was the mom the, uh, that David had um, adultery with. So this is his mom and his dad is David. And he's watching a couple brothers that rebel and try to take the kingdom from David. And his he has a promise that the Lord has given David that he's going to be the one that's supposed to be king. But right before David's about to die, another a brother rises up and decides he's going to be king because rightfully, I mean, he was the next in line. And so Solomon basically didn't do anything to inherit the kingdom. His, um, it was the prophet Nathan and his mom that went to David and said, look what's happening. Do you not see what's happening? And David appointed Solomon king before David died, which I think is cool. So (laughs) right before David dies, he gathers everybody um, together, all of his leaders, and he says, Solomon's going to be the king, and he's going to build the temple that I have had in my heart, and it's going to be a big responsibility on Solomon. So, you know, everybody, I think, kind of needs to help him. But uh, David gave all of his money towards the temple, and he gave Solomon all the blueprints for the temple that he said he, heard, he had from the Lord's mouth, or Lord's hand, one of those. 
basically David got the plans for the, for the temple, and he was passing it on to Solomon. Uh, Solomon builds the temple in his life. The glory cloud comes to the temple. He writes the book of Proverbs, Song of Solomon's, Ecclesiastes. And then he builds a bunch of other buildings. He becomes super rich and famous. Everyone's dream. And this is why I feel like the Lord is calling me to be a Solomon. And, uh, but the end of his life is he worships false gods. And God actually has to bring judgment down on Solomon on, not on Solomon, but on Solomon's son. He has mercy on Solomon because of David. Not because of Solomon, but because of David. So that's, that's the end of the story. It's kind of sad how it ends. But these are some things that um, I have been getting from it. Um, Proverbs twenty three twenty six is... Um, should I just wrote it out because it's really short says, my son, and I believe that this was David talking to Solomon, my son, give me your heart and embrace fully what I'm about to tell you. And it's really, really short, but it hit me when I was reading that. The reason Solomon inherited the kingdom was because he let David have his heart. David, or this, this proverb says, my son, give me your heart so give me all these things you're wanting to do. Trust me and embrace fully what I'm about to tell you. So in order to walk in what Solomon did and the anointing of Solomon, you have to be honoring and teachable. That's the main thing. You know, we talk about generational movements or generational building on the generations. And you can't do that if you are not teachable. Because if you are not teachable, what happens is every single time you have to learn everything over again. Instead, the Solomon anointing is learning from David's and not having to learn it the hard way. It's a teachable heart. Give me your heart. It's actually also Proverbs uh, 21.11. Um, I'll read that too. says, sensible people learn their lessons the hard way, but the wise are teachable. Um, so that was the first thing that stood out to me about Solomon. And the reason it stood out to me is because of this. And this is what I wrote. The American way has said, don't let anyone tell you who you have to be. That is American way. And I'm not saying that's completely bad because there's a thing of, you know, you you're not defined by your past. You're not defined by whatever poverty or whatever you've come out of. <clears throat> but this also produces foolishness, heartache, and disrespect. When your parents have your best interest at heart, then it is wisdom to let them speak into your life and to follow their footsteps. That's what Solomon did. He had a teachable heart. He let David say, this is, where, this is how you should walk, son. This is what you should do. <clears throat> good parents <clears throat> do not have a problem handling or handing off responsibility and authority to their wise and honoring children. They don't grasp power until the day they die. David did not grasp power until the day he died, keeping it from their kids. 
But the key here is wise and honoring children. How many kids say to their parents, I know better, you're just stuck in your ways, and then, they're, they're, and then those same kids, there we go, get upset because, of the parent, because the parents won't release authority and control to their kids. And I'm talking about, we see this in our society, but we also, this is what the church is coming out of spiritually too. <clears throat> um, so, first off, the kids say, you're not telling me what to do, and then they get upset that the parents are not um, relinquishing authority or inheritance or whatever it is, and it's because if you want to step into what your, what your parents, what your um, spiritual fathers and mothers have done, you have to have a teachable heart. Control is not an evil word. In America, you would think it was. But in fact, the sooner you let go of your control to Jesus and to the ones he's placed over you, because he placed them there, Jesus uh, and the ones that he placed over you, the sooner you will walk in the fullness of God's plan for your life. Da David, Dan, David ha handed over to Solomon the things left undone. He, ha he didn't get to complete the temple because the Lord said, it's going to be your son. He had to trust Solomon to finish the temple. David did trust him, and he appointed him king before he died because he knew Solomon's heart. How many exchanges of family heritage has been lost because the parents did not trust the children or the children did not love and respect their parents? Um, so that was the first thing. Solomon's, the anointing of Solomon, is, is this is what it is. It's an anointing for a multi-generational work. That's what it is. God wants to do something in the earth that is bigger than one generation. God could not, uh, God could have said, you know, David, you're going to finish the temple, but he didn't. He wanted David to get the plans, Solomon to finish it, and who knows, we don't know what he had for Rehoboam. God's anointing is here in this season for multi-generational works, and that is, what, that is what the anointing of Solomon is for. Um, this is what it looks like when multi-generational works take place. Um, it's Second Chronicles. Uh, 5, 13 through 14. So they just finished the temple. Now Solomon dedicated the first part of his reign, and I forget the amount of years, to just doing what David told him to do. I think that's awesome. That says where his heart was. As soon as David died, he didn't go, okay, he's gone. I'm taking all this gold and doing something else with it. Um, so they're dedicating the temple. The trumpeteers and the singers performed together in unison to praise and give thanks to God, accompanied by the trumpet, cymbals, and other instruments. They raised their voices and praised the Lord with these words. He is good. His faithful love endures forever. And at that moment, a thick cloud filled the temple of the Lord. The priests could not continue their service because of the cloud for the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple of God. Wow. 
You had not heard of this cloud coming like that since Moses. How awesome that Solomon, a king, after all the judges, all those years, all the time, and even David, he, David um, worshipped the Lord, but he didn't see the glory cloud, and Solomon got to see the glory cloud of God descend into the temple. And that is what multi-generational works look like, because you're not just, Solomon wasn't just amazing. He was building on David's undignified worship back here, and David bringing the ark into Jerusalem, and David giving um, all these sacrifices of his own personal treasury, and that's where Solomon took it from there and got to experience the glory of God that hadn't been seen since Moses. That's what we're headed for. That's what we get to experience in our lifetime if, if we embrace this anointing, this, this calling that God has for us. Um, <clears throat> this is also cool. Um, in the time of David, he brought the ark into, um, into uh, Jerusalem. But, and that's where a lot of worship took place. But the actual place where sacrifices was taking place was in Gibeah, a different, different town that God had appointed for um, the sacrificial law and all that stuff going on. When Solomon dedicated the temple, he united the worship and the law together in one place. That, that temple was now the center. And I believe that that's a symbol of what God wants to do. He's bringing a merging of all the different streams into one, one stream, one place, one, one body. Um, Solomon also, when he dedicated the temple, he got to pray into the future for the future because he got to pray, Lord, whenever Israel sins and, and, and does things and gets taken captive and they turn to this temple and they pray and humble themselves and turn from their wicked ways, hear from heaven. He was interceding for future generations. That's what we get to do as Solomons. We get to not only be teachable from the past generations, but then we get to impart and pray for the future, for the future generations to come. Um, sorry, I'm jumping all, all around. This is just little things. Solomon walked in wisdom, which... Um, it's wisdom is a person. Wisdom is the spirit of God. It's the spirit of wisdom. It's the spirit of sonship. Jesus walked in great wisdom. And it's a spirit of sonship. And I think that that's what God wants to, to obviously give. Uh, that was, oh, I know why I was saying that. <laughs> why did I say that? Okay. <laughs> uh, the reason um, I feel like this is important is because Wisdom is not just a theory, an opinion, or a good idea. And there's lots of that in the world. There's all kinds of good ideas, opinions. Um, Wisdom is breathed by the Spirit of God. This is the right way. This is the way you should go. This is truth. And the way you know that it was wisdom is because it stands the test of time. If you see something that's not standing the test of time, it probably wasn't the spirit of wisdom directing that. Um, okay. Now we enter the sad part where Solomon messed up. Um, so 
This is um, interesting. Deuteronomy 17, 14 through 17. This is Moses writing this down from the Lord to Israel. You're about to enter the land the Lord your God is giving you, and when you take it over and settle there, you may think, we should select a king to rule over us like the other nations around us. If this happens, be sure to select as king the man the Lord your God chooses. You must appoint a fellow Israelite. He must not be a foreigner. The king must not build up large stables of horses for himself or send his people to Egypt to buy horses, which Solomon did. For the Lord has told you, you must never return to Egypt. The Lord must, uh, no, no Lord, <laughs> the king must not take many wives for himself. Well, Solomon did that. <laughs> because they will turn his heart away from the Lord. Wow, it's written right there. And he must not accumulate large amounts of wealth and silver for himself. The thing that hit me um, about that was Solomon sought, the, the Lord came to Solomon in a um, dream or a vision because Solomon had sacrificed so many um, things and was seeking the Lord. And the Lord said, hey, whatever you want, ask, ask what you want. And Solomon said, I want wisdom to govern these people. I want an understanding heart, which is awesome. That shows where Solomon's heart was. And God said, because you did not ask for riches or the death of your enemies or whatever else it was, I'm going to give you riches and fame beyond what's ever happened before. And that's what hit me was, well, the Lord blessed Solomon with all these riches and gold. But here in Deuteronomy, it says he should not store up silver and gold for himself. And I thought, well, maybe that was outdated because the Solomon was only, only the third king. And this is talking about the kings of Israel. So if, if the law that Moses had was for the kings of Israel, and it only lasted for David and Saul, but Solomon was free from that. That just doesn't make sense. And I, what I was seeing was, and I think I shared this on an offering, but it was not for himself. The gold and the silver was not for himself. Do you know at the end of David's, it's in um, Chronicles or Second Chronicles or something, um, First Chronicles, the end of First Chronicles, David says, I give all of my private treasury to all my gold and my silver to the building of the temple. Right in front of Solomon, he said, all my gold and all my silver that I have in my private treasury, which could have been Solomon's one day, I'm giving it to the building of the temple. See, David understood this gold and this silver is not, not the inheritance I'm leaving you, Solomon. And Solomon Obviously, you can read about it. He used all the gold and the silver for whatever he wanted and for, him, for his own empire. And I believe that God blessed him and gave him a spirit of wisdom because he wanted Solomon to use it for something else, something beyond him. And I don't know what it was. I mean, that's just speculation, really. But it's, I feel like for us, we might get blessed with whatever it is. We are not to hold on to that stuff for ourselves. And I don't think that's even physically. I think that's also spiritually. Look, look at all the teachings and all the revelations we've gotten and all the other um, wonderful riches that we've been given in this hour. 
we are not called to use it and store it for our own personal selves. We're called to actually use it for something. Money and silver and gold and for Solomon was not supposed to be in a treasury for himself. It is supposed to be given, <clears throat> not given away, but like used. I don't know what it was supposed to be used for, but um, the thing is with David, sorry, jumping back, when he gave away all of his gold and silver, he, at first I thought, wow, that's kind of a bummer for Solomon. He, his dad just gave away all of his inheritance. Well, there's probably other stuff. Than, but that just seems a little contradictory of what a righteous man stores up in inheritance for his children. And it, I realized that the inheritance Solomon was getting was not gold and silver. It was the kingdom. He was getting the kingdom from David. He was getting the work of the temple. So our, um, this is just personally, don't just give your kids monetary inheritance. That's nothing. Give them the kingdom. Give them what, what really matters. Give them a, a, a calling for a future, uh, a vision for the future. Um, okay. Oh. So, yeah, I just want to read this because this is really cool. Second Peter 1, 3. Everything we could ever need for life and complete devotion to God has already been deposited in us by his divine power. <laughs> I'll read that one more time. Everything we could ever need for life and complete devotion to God has already been deposited in us by his divine power. Everything we need. So this is what I'm tying it into. Uh, Solomon had all these resources. We have all the resources we need to live holy, to live pure. Are we using those resources? This is what um, Peter said. So devote yourselves lavishly, supplementing your faith with goodness, and to goodness under, add understanding. To add understanding, add the strength of self-control. Are we doing all these things because they're already there? And to self-control, add patient endurance. To patient endurance, add godliness. To godliness, add mercy toward your brothers and sisters. To mercy uh, and to mercy toward others, add unending love. Since these virtues are already planted deep within, and you possess them in an abundant supply. So are we, uh, the calling of, Sol of Solomon is to use what you've been given. Are we using all that we've been given? We don't have to walk in immorality. We don't have to walk in sin. We don't have to walk like the world. We've been given all we need to walk in um, the fullness of what God has purchased for us. Um, okay. This is one thing um, I, I just felt like the Lord said to me um, when I was one of the times that I was praying about the riches and stuff. I felt like he said, Ethan, I don't want you rich. So hang on. <laughs> I want you dependent. And I, not that the Lord doesn't want you to have money, to have things, but he doesn't want you rich. He has all the riches he could ever need. He's not, that's not his goal. I want you dependent. And um, then I, he felt, I felt like he started asking me, what's the point of your job? What's the point of 
you know, any business ventures you're in, what is the, what is the goal? Is it to make money? Is your job that you go, you work, you get a paycheck, is that the goal? Or is the goal that character would get worked into you? Is the goal um, that perseverance would get worked into you? Is the point how you handle where you're at? Is the point um, that I have you wherever you're at? Is it so that you can be amazing? Or is it so that you can learn how to be humble? The point of, of um, yeah, the point is not riches. It's to be dependent on him. And there was one other thing. Whoops. There was one other thing I was going to say with that, and I don't remember what it was. So, uh, what went wrong with Solomon? It, the Bible says his heart got pulled away from the Lord. He, um, he started worshiping false gods. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, um, he started worshiping false gods um, and you know he had wives he did the horses thing and he had a bunch of gold and silver what was it that pulled him away it doesn't really matter I don't I could have been a com combination could have been one thing it doesn't really matter the fact of the, the fact is his heart got pulled away from the Lord so that is our goal that not that our hearts would get pulled away. Our goal is that our hearts would not get pulled away. It doesn't matter what it is. Do not let anything get in between you and the Lord. Don't let anything become a distraction because that stuff, it might be small and then it might build up or it might just be one big thing you can't let go of. It doesn't really matter. The goal, if you want to walk in the fullness of what Solomon, I believe, was called to, you have to make sure your heart, your relationship with the Lord is the first thing. Solomon rode on David's relationship at the end of his life. And um, I just said, how will we end? How will we end our life? Are we going to leave an inheritance like David left Solomon? Or are we going to leave an inheritance like Solomon left Rehoboam, which was Rehoboam got elected, or got elected, yeah, <laughs> it was democracy back then. No, Rehoboam got appointed king, and then the kingdom got split, taken out of his hands. What kind of inheritance are we leaving? Um, daggone it, there was one other thing, but apparently I wasn't supposed to share it, so that was it. Oh, wait. Uh, so let me recap because that was an abrupt ending. <clears throat> I feel like the Lord wants to bring a spirit of Solomon. <laughs> that was it. Okay, <laughs> stand up. I'll pray for us. Uh, thank you, Jesus. Lord, we just tell you right now, we're yours. We give you permission to root out anything in our hearts that would distract from you. Anything in our hearts that's not teachable. Lord, anything. And Lord, we just receive right now 
the anointing of Solomon, the anointing of a multi-generational work, a multi-generational move. Lord, we step into the season that you have. Lord, we step into, Lord, um, stewarding, Lord, the resources you've given us. Lord, we step into your glory. Lord, we want to host your glory. Lord, we want your glory more than anything. <laughs> so, Lord, we just tell you that we're open. Lord, I just thank you for dreams. Lord, just like Solomon had, Lord, I thank you for dreams on the people here. And Lord, just over our entire, um, the body over um, America in America, Lord, we just ask that this anointing would be released. And Lord, that there would be dreams and visions and wisdom imparted into people. Lord, we thank you for healing all the vision in the churches and in the families and in, Lord, even in our nation. Lord, we thank you that that thing, that dishonor, Lord, is getting pushed out. Lord, we thank you for um, Holy Spirit um, just blessing falling on your people as we pursue your glory, as we pursue your presence, Jesus. Make our lives about the presence. <laughs> thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening to this message. Jesus.